Hey, Armstrong and Getty here, and the real estate market is about as crazy as it's ever been. I mean, it's just none of the old rules apply anymore. Everything's different. You gotta, you, you need expert advice. And there will be a new set of new rules next week, too, probably. That's why you have to get great real estate representation, good or bad or mediocre, will no longer do. Give Robert Millward a call. Robert's with Intero Real Estate now at 204-9493. Maybe you're thinking about selling. What's your house worth? Get a good solid number instead of a wild guess. Maybe you're not upside down anymore because, as Jack said, the rules are changing. Who can get approved for a short sale? Who can get approved for a mortgage? Call 204-9493, 204-9493. Talk to the only guy I'd use or go to JoeGettysRealtor.com. That's JoeGettysRealtor.com. He was pushing like with his other knee on my back to try to keep my posture straight. It was tearing my ligament and my muscle at the same time. So that's part of a number of videos that are making the rounds today, going viral, as they say, from a cheerleading camp in Colorado of a girl. Uh, well, you you watch the video, Sean. What's, what seems to be going on here? Uh, it's She's uh, seems to be... A, a team of people, one one kind of coach and the other seem to be other cheerleaders, all holding various limbs, trying to force her into the splits position. Um, Jeez, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure nobody who who does any sort of stretching or anything like that ever recommends pushing you into a position you can't get into. Yeah, if it takes four other people to get you in there, then you're not at that point yet. Yeah. You, you need to work on more basic stretching and flexibility I think issues. That seems and pretty clear. I I don't know. I, I don't understand So you watch the video. Do, yes. you, do you come away horrified? Yeah. I yeah. don't I don't know how a person can do that to another person. How old are girls it look to me? This, uh, high school. Yeah, high school age is probably like fourteen. I think she's a freshman, so yeah, first year of high school. I mean wow. that's that's brutal. So before we get back to the videos you've watched, um got a bunch of texts on that. Cheerleading became very competitive when they started offering scholarships. Okay, so is that the major change? Because I remember cheerleading from when I was in high school, and it was kind of something fun the mostly better-looking girls did. And uh, there wasn't that much athletics involved when I was in high school. I know that that has gotten to be, and the, the college level, you'd see it on TV, throwing people in the air, doing flips, all that sort of stuff. But the high school level, at least the high school I went to and the high schools we competed against, it was just kind of... Hopping on one foot and chanting. And yay! That was pretty much it. Give me a W. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. And um, and and then it be- became like a sport. And I know, like, I've got nieces that have done the cheerleading thing and um, are into it. And it's full on as competitive as any of the other sports have been for years with the training and the camps and the, uh, and the competitiveness of it all. And... Um, According to a number of texts we got, they said it's all about the money. Cheerleading became a scholarship sport in colleges. You can now get your girl, 
usually girls, sometimes guys, like George Bush, <laughs> who was a cheerleader at Yale. Um, Which, while filled with mockery, does have some benefits. God, I, I can't, I've never understood why I or anyone else would mock that. So you're riding around in a van to all these sports with a whole bunch of hot chicks and short skirts. Okay, you're gay or something. <laughs> I mean, what the hell is what? <laughs> or the smartest man in the room. I know what that. What the heck? Anyway, um, if I'd been more flexible, I'd have been a cheerleader. Uh, so they they turned this into a full-on competitive sport you can get a scholarship for and then pay your way through college, and so people really got into it. That's what changed. And um, we've got some texts from people that are more involved in that. The parents see kids doing well so they get scholarships for college. That's why they put up with it and don't stop, especially if the coach is successful and is sort of a pipeline to the various colleges because colleges catch on to which high schools they need to pay attention to to recruit from. My daughter's a senior in high school, just quit her most favorite sport day in and day out because of verbal abuse. I went to the athletic director. He excused it. We pulled her. Uh, Luckily, she didn't want to do it. Um, but other parents do put up with it because they want their kids to do well and possibly get a scholarship. I'm a football announcer at our school, and while the cheer coaches are always kind of nutty, yeah, I'm not saying all you cheerleader coaches are kooks, but I've certainly met a number that are pretty kooky. Well, there is a, a subset of youth sport coaches from any sport that take it way too seriously. Mm. They, they I, I, I don't know what it is, but it's these... These are 13, 14-year-olds that you're dealing with. They don't they they they're dealing with a whole cacophony of issues and problems that go with growing up in the modern world. And they don't need one of the things that should be giving them structure and support to be another thing that is that, that they are fighting against. It is that's so so sad. Man. It is. We got this uh text coaches have too much power. Um, if you try to correct their behavior that you don't like, your kid will sit on the sidelines. Kids are punished for their parents' behavior. They're bad parents, too, but logic and reason doesn't exist in youth sports. That's what you were just talking about. Yeah. Logic and reason does not exist in youth sports. It's well, so upsetting. It sounds like cheerleading has just turned into Division One a football. Yeah, it's like the other sports. Actually, all it has done is caught up to a lot of the other sports. I was going to say something about cheerleading coaches, the few that I've run into. They're no stranger than a lot of the dudes I've known that coach coach sports in that they have the same. You can tell that they kind of wish they were still in high school and want to be them (laughs) thing going on. And the, and, and like some, if, if only I had somebody like me when I was their age, I could have made it right. Like (laughs) some of that too. I don't, Oh God. Yeah. But man, that, or they're living vicariously or it's the, maybe it's the pressure from the parents. You also see that. So, what are the other videos? More of the same? Just a uh... yeah. That that's the that splits video is the one that I've I've found everywhere. I haven't seen the other ones um, that are making the rounds as well. But uh, but yeah. I, oh man, it's hard to imagine physically pushing down a kid who's screaming, "Please stop!" That hurts while they're crying. I mean, it's like just the look on her face. It just gives it just oh. God. It's like Nazi death camp stuff. I mean, it's just crazy. Well, that's what came into my mind was uh, torture, Gitmo. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just crazy. And there are other adults in that room, I assume, that either thought that was okay or something. Or the other kids. The kids shouldn't even think it's okay. No, and it's, yeah. I, I, oh, It's just so, because she, other people have her arms and they're holding their arms out. Other people have, like, her different legs and they're trying to hold and posture and position to... Make sure that the whatever it means to do a proper split means, 
But yeah, I mean that's that's a group of people forcing pain upon a 14-year-old. It's it's gross. We got a number of these texts. I'm with Jack. If that happened to my daughter or son, the coach would wake up in a hospital bed. They definitely need to file charges. Oh my god, yeah. You couldn't get me off of the person if if you did that to my kid. I mean, that's just incredible. And then now they're on paid leave because I'm sure their uh, teachers union is as powerful as the teachers union in most states. And uh, and the worst that will happen to any of these people is they'll be reassigned with full pay and pension and all that sort of stuff. Because that's all that ever happens. But God dang it, that is unbelievable. And then that this is coming out of that horrifying scandal in the world of gymnastics that we all found out about. Last year, that that oh, the, the international team, the, the gymnastics world has been right. a, a child molester factory for years, decades, it would seem. Right. And people put up with it because, well, I want my kid to be on the Olympic team or get a scholarship or whatever. It really does say something about society, though, that now when something bad is happening, instead of running to help, it's grab your phone. Somebody grab their phone. We got to get this on well, video. I, I don't know. Would would they have even been reprimanded? Nope. If it if it was you in the gym and you just went over and handled it the way that you had said you would handle it, then you become the story. Oh yeah, I'm in jail. Then, then you're in trouble. You're the they, story. They claim control they, parent. They claim they weren't doing it. By they're protected by the teachers union. Nothing happens to them. Yeah, and but, I'm in trouble. You're absolutely right. But by by videotaping it, letting this situation play out while horrible in the moment is maybe the only way that these coaches get held accountable? I don't know. It's interesting. That seems like a failure in the system if that's the only way. It's interesting, Michael, that people do that, but it is the best defense you've got. I mean, how many stories in the last couple of years is the only thing that the victim had going for him is they got it on videotape? And it's funny. You know what? The other night when that uh, that homeless dude started screaming he was going to kill me and my family, never crossed my mind to get out my phone and videotape it, but I wish I had it on videotape. Were other people... Did anyone else bust you know, out their phone? I, I don't actually know. I'll have to ask the the cops if anybody got that on video. There, there are some times uh, confrontations with me and my uh, hoarder neighbor and uh, our the the other guy who's on everyone else's side, my side, uh, where all three of us have been are standing in a triangle and we all have our phones out. We're all pointing it at each other, waiting for someone to do something. But it's, I mean, what else are you going to do? If I had my, if I had videotaped that guy, not only would I have, you know, the video evidence of who he is, so it'd be easier to identify him. I'd have had exactly what he said, and there's no more. Did he say this? Are you sure he meant that? You know, any of that? I got it on video. Did he really say he had yeah. a gun? Or yeah, what, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Would had none of that. Um, it's an interesting story. If you know more about that cheerleader thing, four one five two nine five KFTC. Got an interesting one coming up because I keep hearing this talk. About a government shutdown. I hate these government shutdown stories. They're almost always overblown, almost turns into always turns into nothing. But Trump is talking about attaching the border wall to it somehow and how much power does the president have in the raising the debt ceiling? Is that just Congress's deal? We're gonna find out about that. Cause uh, this could be the story for better or worse for the next week or so. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Now, the obstructionist Democrats would like us not to do it, but believe me, if we have to close down our government, we're building that wall. So the wall is going to get tied into the government shutdown debt ceiling thing? Not exactly sure how that works. That's why I wanted to talk to Mike DeBonis. 
Washington Post congressional reporter. Mike, welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show. How are you doing? Hey, great. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So you'd think I'd know this by now, but uh, my memory is bad since we've been through, I don't know, feels like a hundred of these debt ceiling situations. I don't even remember how it works. Is this something that Congress does on their own? Do they pass something the president has to sign? What's happening here? Yeah, it's like any other piece of legislation. Uh, everybody's got a little bit of a role to play. The the House and Senate got to got to agree on a bill and pass, it, and the president's got to sign it. So uh, everybody's free to make demands. Everybody's free to sort of shake their fist and uh, say what the, they they'll do or won't do. But uh, at the end of the day, everybody's going to have to be on the same page on something, and that's why people are a little. Uh, little, getting a little nervous to hear the the president talking about uh, possibly closing down the government. Well, I generally think these things are overblown, and I always think you know they're going to work it out. We're not, we're never going to default on our debt. That just no president would allow that to happen. I just, I just, but, but everything has been different with Donald Trump. He is a man who, uh, and part of his business strategy is he uses leverage, and he feels like he's got some leverage here. But I was kind of surprised. He had a tweet today where it sounded like he was he was willing to he wanted to package raising the debt ceiling in with the veterans stuff that he signed, which sounded like he wasn't going to use it as a point of leverage. Then he was just going to try to, you know, get it off the table by putting it in something that's already popular and getting it. So I, I don't know where he's going with this. Right. Well, I, there he was uh, referring to a, a very particular maneuver that was being considered on Capitol Hill last month before Congress left on their recess and didn't quite work out. And the whole thing, as far I was actually just making some calls on this before we uh, before we uh, spoke, and uh, the thing was pretty sort of half baked to begin with. Um, you know, you know, legislating's uh, you know it's more art than science. You know, there, there there's a lot of uh, you know, uh, permutations and uh, different procedures and, and things that, that, you know, these guys use to try and get things done. And the problem is, is that uh, that they're finding and you're hearing them in, you know, Republican offices these days is that, you know, the president isn't helping. He's 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 making it harder. He's not making it e- easier. And, you know, he certainly uh uh it has a role to play in getting his agenda through but uh you know the, the frustration has been is that you know the role that he's been playing has not been helping and uh you know the tweets are certainly part of it part of it is having the rally and saying you know even if we shut down the government we need to get the wall um it you know these things tend to happen in in negotiations no one ever gets 100% of what they want and uh when people talk like that it boxes people in and it makes bad outcomes more likely have we heard from, like, the Rand Pauls and Ted Cruz's of the world? I just threw that out like there's a bunch of their types. There's pretty much just them. All right, yeah. We heard from Rand Paul or Ted Cruz, the kind of people that are always against raising the debt ceiling and, and you know, wanting to deal with entitlements. Yeah, and... yeah that, that's a good question. I, I don't think they've, they've uh, spoken. Uh, I, I know uh, Ted Cruz, I, I haven't heard him weigh in particularly on these things, increase without some some reforms. Uh, Ted Cruz, I, you know, I would expect to be in the same camp. I'm just not aware that he has uh, made a particular uh, statement on what he would or wouldn't do. But you know, listen, there's a lot of conservatives in the House that, that got voted into office with the understanding that they would uh, fight to uh, change the way the federal government worked. And that meant uh, you know, reducing spending, uh, reducing taxes, and uh, getting a hold on the national debt. And they're just not going to be inclined to raise the debt ceiling uh, unless there are some 
some uh, some things attached to that that are going to bring down uh, the long-term debt and deficit. Yeah, if Trump was going to make that the issue, um, and, you know, he'd he'd have some people on his side to start with, and he might be able to get a chunk of the country on his side talking about, look, yeah, we, you yeah, know, I'm a absolutely. businessman, we can't keep running in the red, and blah blah blah. That seems politically like something that could work. I don't know if he's going to get people on his side over the wall. Yeah, that's a great point. And, you know, when you're president, you have leverage in so much as you have the American people on your side and you're, you believe that you're not going to pay a political price for, you know, acting as you wish. Um, you know, you look at the polls uh, uh, on the wall, it's it's pretty stark that, you know, in several polls I've seen since the beginning of the year, it's been pretty consistent that about 60 to 65 percent of the country opposes using taxpayer money to build the wall. Uh, there's about a third that, you know, 30 to 35 percent uh, that support it. You know, that tends to align pretty well with, you know, Donald Trump's space. Uh and, you know, so much of what he's done has been driven by what, what he believes the uh, the base uh, wants him to do, what he's promised over the years, and that, that that's driving this decision. It doesn't mean that it's going to be popular with the, the public at large, and there's some pretty good evidence that it won't be. Well, and he doesn't care. So, I mean, that's that's one of the things that people like him like about him. He doesn't care. <laughs> um uh i wonder how wonder how far he's willing to push it i'm wonder, i wonder if he's willing to say look i'm not signing anything unless it includes funding for the wall and then just holds that yeah. out there uh it's, it's a great great question i think what's making uh folks on the hill nervous right now is that you know he seems to be spoiling for a fight with congress um, there's a sense that, you know, he's got a difficult job, a bunch of difficult things ahead, and the chances for uh, success are are dwindling, and he needs to have a foil, um, a, a someone to blame that if this doesn't go right, it's not Donald Trump's fault. Um, and, you know, a lot of people are looking at this and saying, hey, you know, look to your leaders in Congress for, for, the, for the failure here because it's not on me. So when does Congress actually come back to D.C. and start up again? They'll be back, yeah, Tuesday after Labor Day. Um, okay. The House will be voting on a, on a government funding bill, but this is a bill that uh, Democrats won't support, and therefore it's not going to go anywhere in the Senate. So this is more of a messaging sort of exercise. Uh, and then you know, you're going to health care. Where's health care? Where are we with that? Are they going to bring that up again? Or? Is on the back burner, okay. and uh, it's going to be. It's very hard to see them taking that up in the near future. Wow, that's uh, interesting. I, I heard Lindy, Lindsey Graham said on I think it was Face the Nation last week that if we don't come back and work on health care, then I think we're just doomed as a party. <laughs> and you're thinking they're not going to. Well, I mean, something's got to change in terms of the fundamentals of the situation. Somebody who said they who voted against it back in July. Um, is going to have to say they're voting for it now, or there has to be a change in the in the membership of the Senate. Um, you know that that you know that's a possibility. I mean, people, you know, Senator Bob Menendez is going on trial on corruption um, that same day, Tuesday after Labor Day, and if he uh, is removed from office, there could be a change. You know that that might be a change there, but no one's quite sure what's going to happen there, and no one's quite sure um, how long that trial is going to take. And what might happen even if he is convicted? So, uh, you know, if things remain the status quo, the status quo will persist. Um, and you just got so many other things on the agenda 
talking, you know, when you talk about debt ceiling, you talk about funding the government past September 30th, you've got other pieces of legislation that need to be done. You've got to reauthorize the children's health insurance program. You've got flood insurance uh, program that needs to be re- reauthorized. Those are, you know, those are big, big things that that got to get done. And 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 going whole hog back into healthcare would be uh, would be uh, an issue if you're trying to, to to take care of that stuff. Interesting. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out if they just d- don't deal with it. So we're right. like a <laughs> year and ten weeks away from another election. At what point our elections are way too long? At what yeah, point are these? Me. Yeah. At what point are these people like full into to re-election mode, and then and then we're really done with getting anything? Yeah. Accomplished? I mean, you know, the the tradition, you know, the conventional wisdom is once you get into the election year, you know, maybe you get a little bit of a, a reprieve going into that those first couple months of of 2018, maybe January, February. But once after that. Um, everything is seen through that election year lens. Wow. So you're thinking we got till about February and then we're just full on to election mode. And then all the news coverage will be about the horse races and who's up and who's down and who's ahead and who's not and what percent and all that crap. Ah. Yeah, yep. And that, you know, and that's why you have, for instance, you know, let's not forget about tax reform, which I think a lot of Republicans are looking yep. at their, their great yep. savior uh, politically is that if they, if they can get a tax bill, through, they'll at least have something to run on in 2018. There's yeah. a reason that Paul Ryan is is talking about doing this this year and not next year because he knows that if if this thing isn't at least well down the road by the end of the year, it's it, it just becomes harder and harder to to get that done in an election year. Wow. God dang it. We have a weird system where you can do things like you got a year, then it's back to election, then like a year, and now we're running again. It's just doesn't give you much time to actually operate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, and uh, everything now is, you know, it looks more than six inches in front of their face, it nope. seems like, uh, a lot of times. Oh, no, and it's always the next election. That's when we'll do X, but it just does never seem to happen. It's crazy. Uh, Mike DeBonis, Washington Post congressional reporter, thanks for your insight and expertise. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. This, that, see, that tax thing, big overhaul of the tax system, that's the sort of thing that would have all the Trump supporters and then the, then a big chunk of the country that's like, eh, I'm kind of this way or that way. I could go either way on Trump, you know, that would say, OK, I'll put up with all this crazy this or that or tweets about this or that. They got taxes done. But I don't know if they're going to do it. I don't know if they're going to end up getting anything done. And as Lindsey Graham said, if we don't bring up health care and deal with that, then so what are we as a party? How do we stand on stage and claim anything? After seven years of saying we're going to do this and only this, and we didn't do it. And that's an excellent question. How do you stand on stage and claim anything? Or why would I listen to it? Oh, boy. Time will tell. What do you got coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, the Trump administration deciding the fate of our national monuments. We've got the first update on solar eclipse-caused blindness in America. All right. And an Armstrong and Getty preview of this weekend's fight of the century. <laughs> coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. You know, Sean, I know Sean's got some insight yep. on the big fight from yep. Saturday night, which I may or may not get. You know, it might be fun if I watch it with my seven-year-old. Is he old enough to watch boxing? Well, Floyd Mayweather's never going to get hit. I was going to say, so yeah. there, will be, there will be no violence in this fight. It might appear, <laughs> it might appear to him to be some sort of dancing. Yeah, I watched boxing matches when I was seven. I was watching yeah. Ali Frazier and Drawing and Getty Show.
I mentioned I had tried a Cohiba cigar from uh, Cuba and was not that impressed. Cohiba. Uh, Cohiba. Okay. okay. Um, C-O-H-I-B-A, Cohiba. Okay. Um, but uh, a bunch of people said I probably got a fake, which certainly could be true. There's a lot of fake ones that go around. The guy I got it from was pretty reputable, but he got, I got fooled. Monte Crisco's, a bunch of people said, are the, actually the best Cuban cigars. They're $400 a box. Oh, jeez. Seems like a lot. Yes. You ever smoke cigars? I know you're a cigarette smoker, but did you ever enjoy cigars? No. No, I never did. I tried cigars a couple times. I tried a pipe. I tried a pipe just so I could look oh, cool. Oh, yeah. Know? Pipe, pipe, pipe's pretty cool, yeah. yeah. With yeah. tobacco? Yeah. 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 You put you can put tobacco in pipes. Yeah. Man. <laughs> you tell me. You don't have to smoke your marijuanas all the time, Vincent. Yeah. Your jazz cabbage. Yeah. There are other pleasures in life. You ever put bubbles in there? That's always fun. I do that with the kids sometimes. I got into pipe smoking briefly. I had yeah. this Italian friend who was really into it, and I had like an expensive, cool mm-hmm. cherry wood pipe, and right. explained to me how to do it. And right. then, I, then I saw some videos about lip cancer, and just thought this is not what I want to do. Uh. Yeah, after a while, it just became too cumbersome. You know, with cigarettes, you got a pack in your in your pocket. Yeah. And, you know, it's easy. You're mobile. Convenient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, i got to tell you, this did not take long at all. The head of the Massachusetts Lottery says the winner of the $758 million Powerball jackpot has come forward to, has claim, been killed. <laughs> to claim the prize. <laughs> The winner's going to be introduced later today at Lottery Headquarters. And all he's saying about the winner is that it is an individual woman. The largest grand prize won by a single lottery ticket in U.S. history. If I was in charge of the lottery, I would do the reveal the same way that we draw the, the ping pong balls. I would put a bunch of people in a giant bowl. And they would all be flopping around. And I'd reach in and pick out the real one. And uh, you're the winner. Here's the one that won. So I can't wait to hear more about her. Uh, she married. Her, 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 they have kids. Your relationship with your kids has just changed drastically. Indeed. Got much better. They love you now. <laughs> is she young? Is she single? What's her? That's is she on Tinder? That's all I said. There's is she that, on Tinder? If she's single, that her dating life has changed. I wonder does does like lottery offer like services? Like this is how your life is going to change. Maybe you should think about security and some financial guys. No, do, I think they, they just, just say, here's the money. And yeah, no, they just you. say go and find a financial planner. I'm that, pretty sure that alone. Yeah. You've spent your whole life not really worrying about security, and right. all of a sudden you're worried about somebody abducting your kids or or you or you or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Interior Secretary Ryan Zinke said he is recommending that none of 27 national monuments carved from wilderness and ocean and under review by the uh, Trump administration be eliminated. None of the sites would revert to state or private ownership. A lot of conservationists have been really nervous about the, uh, you know, the Trump review mm-hmm. of these various sites. No major changes according to today's news. Why can't they go back to state ownership, though? Or the state would control it as opposed to the federal government. Maybe it's a matter of expense. I don't I, know. I don't know either. Good news, folks. Most Americans did not go blind trying to watch the solar <laughs> eclipse. That's shocking. Because we thought there'd be rampant blindness. 20% of Americans now completely blind. I was really hoping for a calling of the herd sort of thing. Like, people would just get blind and start walking into traffic. All right, now we got a little bit more elbow room around here. <laughs> wasn't, wasn't, there, wasn't the herd culled by one? Wasn't there a rapper? Uh, Joey Badass. Yes. Yeah. He's still around. It's just his, his, his event schedule has been culled a little bit. Uh, He's had to cancel some shows for, for undisclosed reasons. Well, he did say on stage, I used to stare at the sun and then I'd see bright lights all day long. It was kind of cool so he was going to stare at the eclipse and now he's canceled the next three shows i'm sure it's not related what's the name of him 
His Joey Badass with the, uh, the S's is his dollar signs. Okay, yes. that's very clever. And now he is Joey Dumbass. He's the rapping, uh, <laughs> rapping Copernicus there. <laughs> All right, Saturday, the fight of the century, mixed martial arts fighter uh, Conor McGregor is going to be facing undefeated Floyd Mayweather on pay-per-view. The contenders exchange pleasantry before their pugilistic encounter. Floyd Mayweather. I was born a fighter. I would die a fighter. August 26th, he's going to bring his best. And it's not going to be easy, Connor. It's not going to be easy. Remember, Pacquiao got bombs. Canelo got bombs. Shane Mosley had bombs. And all those guys are going in the, in, in the Hall of Fame. But one thing about me, I got a granite chin. But remember this, the same way you give it, you have to be able to take it. Yeah, that's what he says to his girlfriends and ex-wives. They look at him the wrong way, and he beats them into the hospital. I was born a fighter. Die a fighter. I'll beat down any woman that looks at me wrong. You're an effing scumbag, Floyd Mayweather, and the fact that you're getting richer off this makes me sick. Conor McGregor coming back most eloquently. And when it's all said and done, you know what? I'm going to feel a little bit sad because you should have all kept your mouth shut. You should have left me over on that other game that I'm from, that more ruthless game where we bounce heads off the canvas and drill them into the floor. You should have left me where I was because because this man is not on my level. He's not even a quarter of the man I am. Can't they hire some writers and acting coaches to amp up their pre-game uh, conference? Their earlier conferences uh, were much more uh, rhetoric-fueled than this one. This one right. was a very uh, suited-up formal affair. Right, right, They're right. magically delicious. He does have quite the accent. Oh, God, I love Conor McGregor. <laughs> uh, fun, fun fact about this fight. So Mayweather's technically coming out of retirement for this. So when he went into retirement, he had to give up his five belts that he had in various weight classes. So there's no actual belt on the line for this. So the WBC, the World Boxing something created what they are calling the money belt which the which the winner of this fight will get it is made out of 3360 diamonds mm. 600 sapphires 300 um, emeralds uh, uh one and a half kilos of solid 24 karat gold and made from an alligator leather strap <laughs> that is what is up for grabs they give a worth? How much that would be worth? This is Hamas wor- it's yeah. worth it. Uh, let me yeah. see. Is there an estimate? $5 billion. That's a That'll lot of good. sapphires and emeralds, whatever <laughs> no those are. <laughs> and diamonds. I don't see worth, but let me see if I can find that. All right. So are they the same weight, roughly, and all that sort of stuff? Uh, McGregor is a bigger man, yeah. uh, just walking around weight. They are fighting at 155, which is a much more natural weight for Connor. Yeah. Um, they, uh, some people thought they were going to try to make it a, a smaller weight class to make right. it the weight cut more difficult. Uh, for for Connor, but it is uh, it, so. To the short answer to your question, Connor's the bigger man, and he's also about thirteen years younger. Has I was going to say, yeah, yeah. Has he ever boxed? No. Mm. I well, he, he, to be a mixed martial artist, you have to have some boxing in your training. Right. And he is very much a stand-up knockout fighter. He's not a jujitsu guy. Okay. Um. Uh. But no, he has never boxed professionally before. Mm. Now, here is a theory I have heard being bandied around in some quarters, and that is McGregor goes nuts in the fight and starts kicking Mayweather, and the whole fight is called the oh, draw. Yeah. You could almost see, especially yeah. if you got like yeah. in a bad situation, you yeah. got your bell rung, you're not yeah. thinking clear, you're you just you start. Yes, kicking and rolling around, <laughs> right. grab him and take him down. Right. Wait a second, you can't do that. That right. was actually so much of a concern that in the contract negotiation, I think he loses like three quarters of his purse to oh, McGregor really? if he throws a kick or something like that. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah, that's in the stipulation uh, of the contract okay. where he loses a ton of money. It's worth it if he goes to MMA on the guy. But you got to remember that the talent of this Mayweather guy is he leans backwards, 
and just goes around for, for an hour with nobody ever hitting him. And it's so boring. He's the world's most boring athlete. Oh. Hey, My God, I'd love to see him knocked completely friggin' what, out. What, what's the freight on this? So is, is Actually, this... if he died in the ring, I'd be happy oh, with it. Jeez. What's the freight on this? Hundred bucks? Is that what it's, uh, it's eighty bucks? Right and there. I think it's more than a hundred if you want the if you want the HD version. Oh well, you must see it in HD. So that belt is worth a million dollars, but WC, WBC president uh, deems it priceless. Oh. Of course, it's one of a kind. At your news, I'm Marshall Phillips in the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. I'm starting to feel, Michael, that I'm going to buy that fight on Saturday night. One shot. Yeah, I might do that too. <laughs> I'm going to be sitting there on the couch by myself, as usual. <laughs> yeah, well. Well, will you guys, will you text out the results for us, please? <laughs> so you can pay cheaper, not get it in HD? I don't need it in HD. So it's a little fuzzy. One guy's black, the other guy's white. I'll be able to tell them apart. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Is being popular in high school a predictor of happiness later in life? I'm going to make that my final thought today. As a lot of people may be sending their kids off to high school and their children very worried about how popular they are or aren't. Thinking about it all the time. Here you got a family here in Europe. They went to a museum. They're looking at this 800-year-old coffin. Well, that's something. A coffin 800 years old. They think a monk lived in it or died in it. You don't live in a coffin. I suppose you could, but... If you're a vampire, <laughs> if you're a weirdo, but it was buried in it. But uh, so anyway, they're there. Of course, there's a little ropes around it and a sign that says don't touch anything and all that. But they thought it'd be funny if they put their kid in their coffin and took a picture and they put the kid in the coffin and broke it. Oh, whoops. You, you idiots. I mentioned this yesterday. I never did pay it off. At what age do you start hating your job? 35. That's what age most people start hating their jobs. Age 35 for a variety of reasons. I won't go through those reasons, but just keep that in mind. So if you're under 35 and you think you hate your job now, you just wait. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe you're just a quick study. You're ahead of the curve. (laughs) But if you're over 35, eh, it's about as bad as it's going to get, I guess. You're an old soul. Don't worry about it. Another one. Oh, see if I can jam this in. Uh, Television's highest paid hosts. The list is out. I'll give you the uh, top 10. Ryan Seacrest, 15 mil. For uh, Regis and American Idol. No, $15 million for just Regis, or live with Kelly and Ryan. It used to be Regis. Right. $12 million for American Idol for a total of $27. <laughs> Little George! Little George Stephanopoulos makes $15 million <laughs> from ABC News. Jimmy Fallon makes $16 million on The Tonight Show. Megyn Kelly makes more than Jimmy Fallon? What about that pay gap I've always been hearing about? Megyn Kelly gets $18 million for that show that I think has already been deemed a failure. Right. Is uh, it, yeah, but aren't they moving her to the Today Show or something? I don't know. Uh, Robin Roberts, $18 million for Good Morning America. Boy, there's the... Megan! A lot of your morning show hosts on here. Kelly Ripa at $22 mil, Matt Lauer at $25 mil. Whoa. Katy Perry's getting $25 million just for being a judge on American Idol. There's some easy money for you. I liked it. I didn't like it. That was pretty good. That wasn't. <laughs> Go to Hollywood or don't. Pretty much it. Matt uh, Lauer can suck it. Her name is Judith Scheindlin? Yes. yes. You may yeah. know her as Judge Judy. She makes 47 freaking million yeah. dollars a year yeah. as Judge Judy. For yelling at stupid people. 
I could do that. Yeah, that's what she does. It. <laughs> bop, 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 doesn't let him talk. <laughs> I'm actually I, pretty good at that. I just read that uh, there are no negotiations. Whatever she asks for, she gets. Right? I believe she it. Makes right. so much the current champ, Ellen DeGeneres, $50 million oh. she's making a year for the Ellen DeGeneres show. I like it when she dances. <laughs> pretty good show, and yeah. uh, she's good at it. Yep. $50 million. Whoa, that's insano money. Uh, Let's hear our guest announcer for today. Coming up, uh, traffic and weather together. uh, But first, final thoughts uh, with Armstrong and Getty. uh. It's uh, mocking America's finest DJs. (laughs) And I don't appreciate it. Here's your host for final thoughts, me. Because Joe Getty is delivering his youngest to college. And we'll all be back Monday to take the world seriously. Clear through the end of the year. As things get serious again, let's get a final thought from Sean. Uh, yeah, we didn't have time to get into this today, but I figured I'd just let you guys know the Lamborghini's luxury Android phone is definitely not worth $2,450. So save your money. $2,400. Uh, final thought from Michelangelo. I am so conflicted on whether to buy this Floyd Mayweather fight. I may actually just flip, take a quarter out, flip the coin, and decide it that way. You'll sit there on the couch knowing something exciting and monumental is happening and you didn't see it. <laughs> well, you might be able to see it online, possibly. But... Did you buy the Pacquiao fight? Uh, yeah, I did. Because that was freaking boring. Yeah, it was boring. That was nothing. Let's get a final thought from Marshall Phillips. Well, i got to tell you, I'm so glad I didn't have my life ruined by winning the Powerball. My plan worked. <laughs> <laughs> glad to hear it, too, Marshall. Final thought from Vincent band name of the day goes to Jack Armstrong for the new friend renters, but Bonwell of the day goes to Positive Sean for $10,000 is not enough to get me into a convenience store. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) And a final thought from me, Jack Armstrong, co-host of the Armstrong and Getty Show. So a study out, maybe you got kids going off to high school this year, or maybe you got kids leaving high school headed off for college. Because I got out of high school and thought, thank God that's over. I hated it. It was a miserable experience. But are you going to be happy or not? A new study shows that high school popularity... Definitely doesn't guarantee happiness. People who had a couple of close friends tend to be happier than the super popular over time. Yep. So uh, take a look at it that way. If you had a couple of close friends, you're going to be just fine. And the super popular person with a whole bunch of shallow relationships, they're going to be miserable and sad, and you can look forward to that. Close friends are the best. I, oh, yeah. I, I love friends. Oh, yeah. yeah, no kidding. I had one of my best all-time friends of my life was in town the last couple of days. I hadn't seen him in eight years, something like that. Um, We'll see you on Monday. Best of tomorrow. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over. The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get yeah, we apologize for our stupidity, and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Because the show's over. What? Bye-bye. Because, because this man is not on my level. He's not even a quarter of the man I am. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.